Get ready for a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda. Sword fighting should be an elective. She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here she comes. Well, thank you so much, Raven, for that beautiful introduction. Hello there, my friends, and good day to you all. Welcome back to the Starter Zone. I am your host, Amanda. Welcome to March, everybody. Today is the first big month ahead. We've got St. Patrick's Day coming up. We've got Easter coming up. And for those in the warmer climates, kind of in a touristy area, spring break is coming. You have been warned. But let's check out some of the headlines we're covering today. We've got a story about Don Henley in court. Richard Sherman's facing some legal troubles. And footballer Paul Pogba could be sent into an early retirement, and we will find out why. We're going to cover a really weird, bizarre Willy Wonka story Universal has a problem with TikTok. We're going to say goodbye to a comedy legend, some odd news, and more. Come get comfy, everyone. Let's get started. All right, let's get this party started with some music news. All right, a little bit of background to start this one off. The Eagles, these are these guys, they're an American rock band formed in Los Angeles back in 1971. And this is when Linda Ronstadt and her manager, John Boylan, recruited musicians Glenn Frey and Don Henley for her band. And things happened. They kind of split off and with her permission started their own band and became the Eagles. And just like many rock bands back then, it was a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, there's an iconic song that does kind of you know, reference the drugs and alcohol of the time. Well, now, Don Henley is in court, and there's an ongoing criminal trial about the theft of his band's lyrics. But that's not the part of the story that we're going to start with. That's just the overall. The co-founder of the Eagles, Don Henley, has denied having sex with a 16-year-old prostitute who overdosed in his Los Angeles home back in 1980, telling a New York City courtroom that he was only with her to escape the depression he was in following a band fallout. Henley, who was 32 when this happened, was arrested at the time on a misdemeanor charge for contributing to the delinquency of a minor, but was never charged with attempting to have sex with her, and the girl was not named in the police reports from the time. He told police at the time that the pair had attempted the morning after a party, and he is saying all this at the trial of three men accused of stealing handwritten lyrics of Hotel California. Then Henley went on to say, look, he exercised some pretty poor judgment. He said, I wanted to forget about everything that was happening with the band, and I made a poor decision, which I regret to this day. I've had to live with it for 44 years, and I'm still living with it today in this courtroom. Poor decision. I wanted to escape the depression I was in. And this is referring to the band's breakup. They reunited 14 years later. Defense lawyers for the men accused of stealing the lyrics asked for this incident to be brought up. It's kind of like, this is so random. We're talking about the theft of lyrics. How are we talking about a 16-year-old prostitute overdosing in his house? Well, the lawyers for the defense wanted the story brought up. They're trying to discredit Henley's character. This past week, Henley, or this week, I'm sorry, this is upcoming. This happened last week. This week, though, 
Henley is going to tell his version of how handwritten pages from the development of the band's blockbuster 1976 album made their way from his South California barn to a New York auction decades later. The, the Grammy-winning singer and drummer and very prolific artist rights activist is the prosecutor's star witness at this trial. This is a trial where three collectible professionals are facing charges including criminally possessing stolen property. They're accused of colluding to veil the documents questioned ownership in order to try to sell them and deflect Henley's demands for their return. The defendants are a rare book dealer by the name of Glenn Horowitz, rock memorabilia specialist Craig Inciardi, and Edward Kosinski. They've all pled not guilty. Their lawyers say there was nothing illegal in what happened to these lyrics sheets. At the core of the issue are about 100 sheets of legal pad paper inscribed with the lyrics in the making for multiple songs on the Hotel California album, including Life in the Fast Lane, New Kid in Town, and the title track, Hotel California, that turned into one of the most durable rock hits ever. The issue involving the underage prostitute is also expected to be debated a little bit later this week. So, Henley was arrested back on November 21st of 1980 after an ambulance was called to his home. This 16-year-old sex worker had overdosed at the property. He had told a Santa Monica probation officer he was depressed. He had just separated from his long-term girlfriend. He had been involved in a jet crash near Colorado and was just really depressed about waking up every morning not knowing if the Eagles had broken up or not. The rock star said that he had called up a madam who he claims appeared to be 19 or 20 years old and shared some cocaine with her. She told me that she was only a temporary call girl until she paid off a $2,000 cocaine debt over in San Diego. We talked all night. She talked about her troubles, me about mine. And she told me later after she got sick that she had taken more cocaine every time I got up to get her a drink or went to the toilet. He admitted that they did try to have relations the next morning before she claimed she wasn't feeling well. Henley went on to say in the statement, she complained of not feeling well. I went and got her some aspirin, went to the bathroom. I heard a crash in the bedroom. I rushed in and I found her thrashing around on the bed and she appeared to be having an epileptic seizure. Dude, y'all, that's some scary stuff. I mean, also 16 years old and a prostitute? Look, I know the 70s and 80s were rough, but dang. But more about the case. So, famed for the lengthy guitar solos and the puzzling poetic lyrics, Hotel California still gets streamed hundreds of millions of times a year. We just listened to a few moments of it. The defendants acquired the pages through writer Ed Sanders, who began working with the Eagles back in 1979 on a band biography that never made it into print. Sanders sold the documents to Horowitz, who sold them to Kosinski and Inciardi. Kosinski has a rock and roll collectibles auction site and Inciardi was then a curator at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In an email in 2005 to Horowitz, Sanders said Henley's assistant had sent him the documents for the biography project according to the indictment. Henley, however, testified to a grand jury that he never gave the biographer the lyrics. He reported them stolen after Inciardi and Kosinski began in 2012 to offer them at various auctions. Now, Henley also bought four of the pages back for about $8,500 in 2012. So Kosinski's lawyers have argued that this transaction implicitly recognized their ownership. But by contrast, the Eagles manager, Irving Azoff, testified last week, Henley just wanted the material back and didn't realize at the time that more pages were out there and they would just crop up at more auctions over the next four years. One of the things that people have been taking note of is the fact that the defense keeps coming up with some different alternative stories. One of them that was these lyrics were left backstage at an Eagles concert. Uh, Sanders received them from someone he couldn't recall or that he got them from Eagles co-founder Glenn Frey, according to emails recounted in the indictment. Frey has passed away by the time Horowitz broached that last option in 2017. So basically, he came up with a story that nobody could refute because, well, the other person's dead. Sanders contributed to or signed on to some of the explanations, according to these emails. 
he has not been charged with any crime and he hasn't responded to any messages seeking comment about the case. So essentially this is what it comes down to is that we've got these lyrics that were have come into the possession of people that according to the Eagles co-founder Don Henley, they shouldn't have. He's trying to get them back, but they've been charged with theft at this point. And as part of the defense, the defense is like, let's just show he's not a great guy. Uh, you know, so he's going to lie about the fact that these lyrics shouldn't belong to my to my clients. So we're going to talk about this underage prostitute that just happened to OD at his house. Okay. Character issue, I guess. Now, Kozinski forwarded one of the various explanations to Henley's lawyer, then told an auction house that the rocker had no claim to the documents. Now, Henley has been an absolutely fierce advocate for artists' rights to their work. He has gone up against Congress. Back in 1999, there was a copyright law change that affected musicians' ability to reclaim ownership of their old recordings from record labels. And after complaints from Henley and various other musicians, Congress unwound that change the very next year. Meanwhile, Don Henley has also helped to establish a musicians' rights group that spoke out in venues from Congress to the Supreme Court against online file-sharing platforms. Some popular services at the time would let users trade digital recordings for free. Y'all remember, you know, Napster, yeah? The music industry contended that these exchanges flouted copyright laws. Henley and some other major artists applauded a 2005 high court ruling that cleared a path for record labels to sue file-swapping services. Henley has also sued a Senate candidate over unauthorized use of some of the musician's solo songs in a campaign spot. And another Henley suit hit a clothing company that made t-shirts emblazoned with pun on his name. Both of those cases ended in settlements and apologies from the defendants. Now, Henley has also testified in Congress as of 2020, urging copyright law updates to fight online piracy. Okay, well, that's uh, that was a lot. So, once again, the too long, didn't listen. Henley had to recount a story of a prostitute he hired but didn't sleep with to ward off depression. She overdosed, and this was all brought up to discredit him and his claims of ownership over the lyric sheets for the Hotel California album. I think that clears it up. And I mean, obviously, this case is ongoing, so we're watching for updates. Now, speaking of legal issues, this next story is a little bit wild. A small town band has parted ways with its lead singer over a plot that, get this, saw him secretly dose his bandmate with estrogen in a bid to steal the guy's fiance. Wait, what? I told you, this was going to be weird. The Nashville-based hardcore troupe Lorona made the allegations in a series of posts to its Instagram, claiming ex-vocalist Diego carried out the scheme by giving the band's bassist drinks spiked with a female hormone. Bandmates said he confessed to the act during a drinking binge before allegedly owning up to it a second time. His supposed motive? To force a transition on his friend so he would look better by comparison. The member who saw his pre-workout beverages poison was identified as a bassist known as Six, and his social media suggests he's engaged to a woman by the name of Caroline that he met in April. The band aired all these claims to followers this past week. The initial post went like this. We have decided to part ways with our vocalist Diego due to admission of very disturbing and concerning behavior towards one of our band members and their partner. Which they went on to produce a text message from Diego as proof and said he has admitted to being obsessed with said partner and has been attempting to sabotage the relationship by cutting pre-workout he frequently gifts from his job with high amounts of estrogen in them. He has been attempting to force a transition onto him for the last five months in hopes that he, he would give him an opportunity to swoop in once he looks stronger and more manly in comparison. Stupid caveman mindset that makes zero sense. This is all direct quote, by the way. This tampering has caused confusion and thousands of dollars in medical bills the past month trying to figure out what's wrong. We would not know of any of this unless Diego had gotten way too intoxicated and ousted himself and then stated an admission to all via 
group text. This is according to the group sharing said text message as proof. They went on to say, there are many more disgusting details that have been left out for the sake of privacy and general censorship. Now, the text where Diego allegedly owned up to this activity in a group text, they put it on the story, screenshots, and they are telling just about everything. Diego said, I was really drunk and told Six and his fiance that I was obsessed with her and I had a deep hatred for Six and gave Six estrogen to get an edge up on him. I have been kicked out of Lorona as well and will no longer be in the scene. Now, no other correspondence between the group has been shared. Statements attributed to Six were, though. Uh, it went on to say, I've had physical changes from the hormones besides stomach ulcers, weight loss, and muscle fatigue that I'm not going to get into, as well as notable mental changes. I'm going to see an endocrinologist over the next few months to track my hormonal fluctuations and see if my estrogen levels are extremely heightened, then go back to normal over time. Diego will not pass off what he admitted to as a joke or confusion, even in his state of drunkenness. What he did is disgusting and has had an immense negative effect on my life. The band went on to offer another comment in another post that seems to suggest the singer was trying to play this thing off as a joke. It says Diego's response, it cannot be further from the truth on the supplement side of things. The only sealed product that he would provide were proteins, but the other products were always unsealed because they were tossed at his job if they couldn't sell it, hence why he got access to easy access to steroids and hormones because of these gym practices. Okay, a little bit convoluted. I have a lot of words, but they're just not really appropriate. So basically, Diego's got this job where he has access to supplements and hormones. And as part of the quality process, some of these opened packages, like if they didn't make the quality standards, they'd be tossed. Well, he was tossing them in his bag and taking them, specifically the estrogen. The estrogen he was putting into his friend's uh, supplements, his pre-workout supplements. And so this guy's going to the gym trying to get, you know, trying to get buff, trying to stay toned. And he's got now estrogen shots and his energy drinks and his protein shakes. And so now he's got all these, these health problems that he's going to go have to go see an endocrinologist. And the whole point and purpose was to try to make the dude look more feminine so Diego, the singer, could come in and steal the bassist's fiance. That's it. He wanted the girl. It's bizarre. It's just, I just, I have no words. I did try finding some of their music because I really wanted to hear what they sounded like, but they're really, really, really small, apparently, so they don't have a whole lot of information online, so, um, you know, no go on that. Oh, well, let's move on and go kick off with some sports news. Well, 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 there's another former football player that just can't seem to stay out of trouble. Former NFL cornerback Richard Sherman was arrested for allegedly driving under the influence, which is the latest legal incident for the troubled Super Bowl winner. Sherman, whose ball hawking skills made him a three-time All-Pro for the Seattle Seahawks, was taken into custody by the Washington State Patrol on early Saturday morning the 24th, according to arrest records. Now, it's unclear exactly what led to the arrest, but it's the second time that he's been popped for a DUI. And he was booked at the King County Correctional Facility at 4.51 in the morning. Now, Sherman was previously charged with DUI back in July of 2021 for a pretty ugly incident where he crashed his vehicle into a construction site, left the scene just to later attempt to break down the front door of his in-law's home, and it was caught on surveillance video. Now, in March of 2022, Sherman pled guilty to two misdemeanor charges stemming from this incident, uh, which was speeding in a roadway construction zone and then a second-degree criminal trespass where he had made a deal with the King County prosecutors. As part of this bruising Legion of Doom defense, Sherman, who is now 35, was really instrumental in leading Seattle to the NFL championship in the 2014 Super Bowl, where Seattle just like completely bludgeoned Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos in a 43-8 to win. It was one of the most dominant performances in the history of the Super Bowl. 
Uh, he would later move on to the, a division rival with the 49ers for two seasons before his body just said, I can't do it anymore, and just he had to give up for injuries, closing out his career by joining Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021, where he failed to finish out the year after he was injured again. Sherman has since worked on NFL game analysis, and he hosts his own podcast. Kind of sounds to me like he might need to work on some personal issues instead. So, our next story is another football story, but this time it's a football one. Okay, so for my American listeners, I'm talking about soccer. Okay. A player by the name of Paul Pogda has been handed a four-year ban from football for doping. The former Manchester United star returned a sample showing elevated levels of testosterone back in August, and a second test sample has now confirmed the findings of the first one. Italian media reports that Pogba Pogba's lawyers had actually rejected a plea deal in the case, hoping to secure a lighter punishment for the Juventus midfielder. However, prosecution didn't believe what the defense had put forward, which was saying that Pogba had accidentally ingested a substance that affected his blood test result. Well, this suspension means that he's not going to be able to play professional football again until he is 34 years old, which is honestly almost a career-ending suspension. Now, the 2018 World Cup winner has been plagued by injuries in recent years, so the prospects of him returning to top-level career at the end of his BAM is pretty slim. I mean, I guess, you know, you, he could spend the next four years staying in shape and everything, but mm, he'll be 34. Pogba was once the most expensive footballer in the world, joining Manchester United from Juventus in 2016 for a fee of around $90 million. Pogba spent six years at Old Trafford, but showed only glimpses of his quality and went back to Juventus on a free transfer in 22. He's played just 12 times since returning on a four-year contract, which will have expired by the time he's eligible to return to the pitch. Poor decisions, my man. Poor decisions. All right, well, let's go ahead and check out some entertainment news. So the first story we're going to go over, it's been building for the last couple of days as more and more details are coming out, more people are talking, and the jokes and the memes, they have just been absolutely endless. And if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm referring to this wild Willy Wonka experience that was anything but at least a good experience. It was an experience, but it wasn't a good one. So let's head over to Glasgow in, in Scotland. This event was marketed as a, quote, celebration of chocolate in all its delightful forms unquote sign me up but it ended up being so terrible that the scottish police were called and refunds were immediately ordered an event company by the name of house of illuminati allegedly used ai generated images in order to market on facebook and they charged about 44 dollars to experience their Willie's chocolate experience. The incident went viral back on the 27th of February and it has gained worldwide attention. Now, to be clear, this attraction was in no way, shape, or form connected with Warner Brothers Wonka or even the Gene Wilder version. However, the event's marketing came as close as possible to suggesting it was even based on author Roald Dahl's iconic confectionate creation. Even the ads invited their fans to take a trip to, quote, a universe where confectionery dreams are brought to life with wondrous creations and enchanting surprises at every turn, unquote. The images used would show man-sized mushrooms, these colossal candy canes, functional chocolate fountains, all with the help of AI. Now, this experience was broken down into different parts. You had the Enchanted Garden, the Imagination Lab, which has a trademark for some reason, and Twilight Tunnel. Now, the Guardian reported that when customers showed up, they were welcomed into this sparsely decorated warehouse with just a scattering of plastic props, a small bouncy castle, and some backdrops pinned against the wall. So imagine 
you're seeing these images and they're gorgeous i will credit that it, it's just it's bright it's colorful it, it looks like a new set from a willy wonka movie and then people pay 44 dollars a person they show up and it's a bloody warehouse almost completely empty couple of things sprinkled here a couple of things sprinkled there it's like seeing an advertisement on a box of a beautiful cake opening it up and it's crap scotland police were called at that point people were furious they were demanding refunds they shut the event down and parents said their children were just they were so upset you're a crook you're a cheat and a swindler that's what you are how can you do a thing like this build up a little boy's hopes and then smash all his dreams to pieces you're an inhuman monster okay grandpa it's okay all right hey anyway anyway so in you know in this version though Charlie didn't give the candy back because he never got it in the first place. So let me back that up and explain. Stuart Sinclair, a dad who drove two hours with his three kids and paid $44 a ticket for the event, talked to CBS's news and Marie Green and said there wasn't chocolate. He said that was the worst part. It was all described as this massive immersive experience. Great idea for the kids. We're talking the chocolate fountains and it just sounded really good really nice day for the for the family and the kids but when we got there as you can see by the pictures it just it wasn't there at all there were maybe four or five props a couple of jelly beans for the kids and half a couple of lemonade it was just not what was promised whatsoever he said it took only five minutes to go through the entire experience he did give props to the actors he said the actors were absolutely professional now Paul Connell, who is an actor who was hired by the company to actually play Willy Wonka, quickly realized that it was not going to be anything that the ticket buyers had been promised and was just told to, uh, you know, improvise. And he said he was even unsure that if he, whether he and the actors were, were ever going to actually get paid. He said it was very disappointing to see how many people turned up at this event and found basically me dressed up as Willy Wonka in a half-abandoned warehouse. I was offered the part on a Thursday. I was given 15 pages of AI-generated gibberish to learn, and then obviously turned up and saw what it was. The other actors were furious. We had been conned as well, and it did turn quite scary at one point because people were so angry. Lots of shouting, and groups were getting very, very irate. Here's a little bit more of his interview with Now This. It was an absolute mess. The fact that I was a part of it is one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me. We were told on the uh, experience to hand out a jelly bean, one jelly bean uh, per child, and a quarter of a cup of Tesco's own brand lemonade. That was what the children got. No, no chocolate. The first red flag for me was when I was cast as Willy Wonka. Anyone who looks at me and thinks Willy Wonka and not Umpa Lumpa is out of their mind. The script was 15 pages, monologue, pretty much, of AI-generated gibberish. One of my favourite lines was, There is a man who lives here. His name is not known. So we call him the unknown. The unknown is an evil chocolate maker who lives in the walls. What? <laughs> Mr. Connell has been extremely vocal about his experience, wanting to talk more about it. And so I'll post a link down below of a, a little bit more info if you want to hear from him regarding exactly what, what all happened and what all he did. Now, the House of Illuminati uh, did apologize to customers for a very stressful and frustrating day and confirmed that full refunds would be given to the customers, but it could take upwards to 10 days. They said in a statement, Unfortunately, last minute, we were let down in many areas of our event and tried our best to continue on and push through and now realize we probably should have canceled first thing this morning instead. Now, so far... Very few people have reported that they received refunds. Now, if you go Google the images, there is one more that is going viral. And it's a lady dressed loosely like an Oompa Loompa. And she's standing behind a lab table. There's like smoke all around her. And it's really giving off the vibe that Charlie and Willie just gave up on chocolate and moved on to create the Walter White experience on making meth. Who is this lady? This is Kirstie Patterson. So while a subsequent photo shows there was at least one other Oompa Loompa at the table that day, it's Patterson who has emerged at this as this viral star and defining image of the Wonka fiasco. 
X Twitter post had proclaimed her as one of the standout memes of 2024 so far. Bless her heart. There is another Oompa Loompa who's also going viral after her explanation of what exactly they were wearing. She was horrified to find that Oompa Loompa costume she was given was the sexy version <laughs> after being handed it just moments before it started. That's what I said. People were almost arriving when she got her costume. She said this. I noticed that the costumes we were given, all of them were female, and we were given the sexy version as opposed to traditional ones. Now, some people had t-shirts underneath to give it more modesty. I just had this lacy shirt underneath. The wigs, very cheap. We were just handed an Amazon box that probably arrived that morning. And having been given the script but not the night before, Jenny Fogarty said that they were just asked to improvise. It was kind of the similar AI script that they had given their Willy Wonka and said she had no time to rehearse it, so it all just fell apart. I'm going to go build my own theme park with blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the park. Uh, not as family friendly, but probably a little more enjoyable than this one. This event has since been compared to the fire Festival scandal that was made famous by a Netflix documentary. Now, the House of Illuminati is apparently also no longer available for comment at this time. I think they were being a little too naughty. Like, look, I'm going to be honest here, all jokes aside. I would not be surprised to hear of a class, class action lawsuit filed at the end of the 10 days if people didn't get their refunds. I mean, this whole thing is just an absolute dumpster fire of a mess. Like I said, I'll, I'll leave the links below because if you haven't seen the pictures yet, for a child, on a child's perspective, look, coming as a parent, if I walked into this, I would be screaming for a refund. This is it, just, it's insulting on so many levels. As a child, to be told, hey, we're going to go see this Willy Wonka experience and walk into that, that's devastating. There was one parent who talked about their kid was so excited to go that she was talking to her her teachers and she was her friends showed up in a costume the kid wore a willy walker costume and this is what she walked into she, she he said his older kids were able to kind of laugh it off but the, the little girl i mean she was just absolutely heartbroken like, how, how do you do that if you look just own up to the mistake and don't disappear and that's what i think is about to happen is house of illuminati is about to try to uh, go off the grid, as they say. All right, well, let's go ahead a little bit. We're going to talk about one other dispute. So apparently back in February, early February, as if we didn't just leave that month, Universal Music Group and TikTok kind of got into a fight. Now, this little standoff initially saw recordings that were owned or distributed by Universal Music Group, or UMG, removed from the TikTok platform and now it's extending to a much larger number of songs by including those published by the company. It's a very bruising battle over royalties between UMG and TikTok. That's really what it's coming down to is royalties. The situation which is accompanied by this really interesting war of words from both sides pits UMG, the world's largest music company, against TikTok the world's most influential platform for promoting music for at least the past five years as they continue to fail to renew their licensing agreement that expired back on January 31st. The reach of this latest move is pretty broad. It affects a vast number of recordings not issued by a UMG-owned label and many artists who have collaborated with songwriters under contract to the Universal Music Publishing Group Videos featuring those songs either have to be removed from the platform or the music has to be muted. So while the scope of the move is complex, artists and songwriters, they actually may have differing deals in differing territories. Sources are telling Variety Magazine that the initial move is focused on Anglo-American repertoire and the UMPG, the Universal Music Publishing Group, vast stable of writers. Check these names out. So these are some of the people that their music cannot currently be used on TikTok. You ready for this? Adele, Justin Bieber, Mariah Carey, Ice Spice, Elton John, Metallica, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd, and many, many, many more. 
considering the large number of songwriters and publishers credited on most contemporary hit songs, it's actually pretty unclear just how much music is going to be affected and where the two companies might draw the line over whether or not a song is controlled by Universal. For example, if one of seven writers on a song is under contract to Universal, is that song going to be affected? Well, opinions are pretty wildly differentiating. Sources close to Universal claim that it has a share in a majority of the songs on the platform, while ones close to TikTok is placing the numbers a lot smaller, saying 20 to 30 percent. Now, those sources also claim TikTok has seen no drop in users since Universal Music began to be removed earlier last month. In an open letter dated January 30th, Universal Music Group Chairman CEO Lucien Grange wrote this. <clears throat> Got to put on my professional voice here. In our contract renewal discussions with TikTok, we have been pressing them on three critical issues. Appropriate compensation for our artists and songwriters, protecting human artists from the harmful effects of AI, and online safety for TikTok's users. With respect to the issue of artist and songwriter compensation, TikTok proposed paying our artists and songwriters at a rate that is a fraction of the rate that similarly situated major social platforms pay and added that TikTok accounts for like 1% of the company's total revenue. Went on to say, ultimately, TikTok is trying to build a music-based business without paying fair value for the music. Okay, fair, all right. So TikTok posted an open letter in response the same day. Shots fired. Writing in part, I said this only part of it, it is sad and disappointing that Universal Music Group has put their own greed above the interests of their artists and songwriters. TikTok has been able to reach artists' first agreements with every other label and publisher. Clearly, Universal's self-serving actions are not in the best interests of artists, songwriters, and fans. All right, and the war continues. So the impact of the move on artists and songwriters has been really real, despite Universal's claim about revenue as artists have lost the most powerful platform for, for promoting their music along with any royalties they may have generated on the platform. Basically, these artists would want to promote a new song. Okay, so say Taylor's coming out with a, with this album in April and she's starting to release music or even um, even Beyonce. And I would, ha- I would have to check to see if she's on here. But for the sake of, of example, Beyonce announced a new album. She's got two new songs that have just come out, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em. If she had decided to exclusively use TikTok to promote this music and only be able to have it played on TikTok. But here comes Universal going, oh no, girl, you can't do that uh, because, you know, they're not paying us, so you can't put your music out there. She's got to find another platform. Now, is that really that big of a deal? Just go over to YouTube, I guess. But then you're not going to have all the these kids, and I'm going to say kids, and I know there are people my age on there, forgive me, all these kids on there doing whatever dance moves they do these days to their knees, these new songs, getting that hype, hype going, get that popularity pumped up, getting all these people, you know, replicating your, your music and spreading it everywhere because you know people sharing their TikToks all over the place. That's a lot of publicity that you've lost. So it's in the artist's best interest for them to come to an agreement relatively quickly. And the fact that it's gone on this long tells me it's going to be a while. Reason? Well, sources close to the situation tell Variety that they're not seeing a quick resolution to the standoff. The clearest precedence took place back in, it was 2008-2009 when Warner Music Group removed or muted its music on YouTube. It lasted several months before those two companies came to terms. The scope of this one, though, This is a bigger battle. This is so much broader because Universal is so big and TikTok has such a wider reach than even YouTube at the time. This this battle, this this is huge. It has become a war of words and music. And right now there is no end in sight. We're going to keep an eye on this one for sure, because I want to see how long it's going to take for either side to capitulate and for people to start being able to use their music on TikTok again. Now. Switching the theme up a little bit here. On a much sadder note, we are announcing the passing of beloved comedian and Curb Your Enthusiasm star Richard Lewis at the age of 76 
due to a heart attack. Now, Lewis was a stand-up comedian who starred alongside Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he announced last April that he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and he was retiring from stand-up. But he most recently appeared in season 12 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is currently airing on HBO. Back in 2021, Lewis announced that he wasn't going to appear in season 11 of Curb in order to recover from three surgeries, but surprised viewers by returning to set for one episode of season 11, telling Variety at the time, when I walked in and they applauded, I felt like a million bucks. Larry David doesn't like to hug, but he hugged me and told me how happy he was after we shot our scene. Now, for a little bit of honesty, Lewis had a very long and wide career. But when I heard the news about this, Curb Your Enthusiasm is not what came to mind. This did. Maybe if we got him drunk. Very drunk. Got a shot. Okay, so of course I'm a Robin Hood Men in Tights fan. I mean, who really wouldn't be? That was a great movie. Uh, Throughout his career, the comedian had also been pretty candid about his own battle with drug and alcohol addiction, referencing his recovery and struggles with depression and anxiety in his comedy. Lewis, who is formerly a user of cocaine and crystal meth, said his decision to get sober was partly inspired by John Candy's death back in 1994. And there's another legend that we lost way too soon. Lewis is survived by his wife, Joyce Lipinski. All right, I think it's that time again. Let's move on and see what odd news that we picked up this week. And now for something different. Don't we all wish that people were more responsible, honest, honest in the commission of a crime maybe? Well, police in England say a drunken driver did the right thing by doing the wrong thing. An emergency dispatcher received an unusual call just before noon on Monday the 12th of February when a motorist reported he was driving drunk and said he doesn't know what he's doing, according to the North Yorkshire Police. The man said he had a rough weekend. Police said... Man calls the police to report that he is a drink driver, and it's not every day that this happens. By the way, that's the British term for the offense of drunk driving. When officers arrived, the 52-year-old man was in a van on the side of the road, and a breath test revealed he was three times over the legal limit. He was arrested that Monday and held in custody and released after being charged with drunken driving in Harrogate Magistrates Court. And if that one wasn't bizarre enough for you, well, let's try this one. A woman in Ireland lost more than $800,000 in an injury lawsuit stemming from a car crash after photos showed her launching a Christmas tree during a post-holiday competition and winning the event. I spy something green. Tree? Oh. A woman by the name of Camilla Grabska, 36 years old, sued an insurance agency in the country, RSA Insurance, after a car crash in 2017 that she claimed caused her debilitating neck and back pain that prevented her from holding down a job for five years, according to the Irish Independent. Grabska is the mom of two from the town of Ennis in County Clare. The car accident was the result of someone hitting Grabska's car from the rear allegedly left her unable to carry her young children or complete basic household chores. Well, she ended up quitting her job shortly after and started receiving disability payments and argued that her previous and future lost income totaled more than $500,000, according to the Telegraph. Now, newspaper reports, however, soon surfaced of Grabska competing in the Christmas tree-throwing event Back on January the 8th of 2018, nearly a year after the accident supposedly left her with this disabling pain. The Irish High Court reviewed a photo of Grabska launching a tree, which the judge, uh, Carmel Stewart, described as a very graphic picture, according to the Telegraph. Now, this competition involves, okay, so what's, what's the basic here? 
you literally are grabbing five foot spruce Christmas trees and throwing them as far as you can. So, um, hey, uh, organizers of the Florida Man Games, can we take some notes? Because I got an idea for like the next year. The court also reportedly reviewed video recorded last year of Grabska playing with the Dalmatian in a dog park for more than an hour. The judge ruled to dismiss the case following the review of photos and video. Grabska denied that she faked her injuries while in court saying she was just trying to live a normal life. Well, they know Christmas trees are part of the normal life, but go figure. I, I really do feel bad for her kids, though. I mean, she's going to have one heck of a, of a time trying to find a job after this because her name is notorious in that area now. So good luck to her. Now, finally, I just want to know why I didn't have these kinds of teachers when I was in school or was I just taking the wrong classes? There's a lawsuit that claims a New Mexico teacher brought swords to school to have the kids fight one another in the classroom. And it also claims that the fights were caught on camera. Well, now the, there's a family of a student who was injured by one of the swords and they're the ones that are starting this lawsuit so instead of hearing a teacher's lesson in a volcano vista chemistry class on may 2nd of 2022 attorneys say you would have heard swords clanking as students take each other on in makeshift classroom arena at the instruction of their teacher and what isn't shocking is what happened next Somebody call the nurse. Charlie's been stabbed. Okay, no, no, it wasn't It wasn't quite that bad. A student got a pretty major cut on her wrist and ended up in the emergency room. Just a flesh wound. All right, that's a little bit closer. All jokes aside, though, here's the rest of the story. Not only did this teacher and APS not protect this child, but actively put her in harm's way, actively created this danger, and put deadly weapons right into these students' hands, and exactly what could reasonably be anticipated is what happened. Jessica Hernandez is one of the attorneys representing that student's grandparents, who are now suing the district and the teacher they say is responsible. According to the lawsuit, the teacher told the students she had a surprise that day and brought out two swords. The suit says she put on a timer, had them clear away the desks, and ordered them to take turns fighting each other, which attorneys say is captured on this cell phone video taken by the victim right before she was selected to fight. You can see students laughing and fighting with swords while the teacher, seen here in the gray shirt, looks on. We don't know what was going through her mind. We have no idea what would cause a teacher to think this was a good idea. According to an incident report, the assistant principal claimed the teacher had brought the swords to discuss the science of metal and melding, but answered no when asked if the injury violated school rules. The assistant principal is also named in the lawsuit. The incident report that he filled out really seems like it's trying to deflect responsibility away from the district to sweep this under the rug rather than doing a thorough investigation to find out exactly why and how one of their students had been so seriously hurt. The cut severing nerves and requiring the student to get surgery. Her attorney says she has lasting permanent damage. Job prospects are now off the table for her. She'll never be able to use her dominant hand the way that she used to. Hoping the lawsuit brings accountability to the district and teacher involved. This is the school district's most important charge, right? Protect our kids. And that did not happen here. Annalise Sapardo, KRQE News 13. Big thanks to KRQE for that news clip. Now, Albuquerque Public Schools said the teacher named in the lawsuit was originally hired as a special education teacher back in 2021 and terminated in 2022. APS said it does not comment on pending lim- litigation. I... Okay, so all jokes aside, I I just want to talk to this teacher. I need to know why. What drove them to bring sharpened blades to school? Okay, look, I have a lot of swords. I have weaponry in my home, and a lot of it is sharp. There's a lot of it that's not. If I want a sword fight or, you know, practice at least, I don't pick the ones with the hurdy pointy ends. That's what the practice swords are for. I don't know. I just want to know. What was the reason behind that decision? 
Okay, so y'all, I got so distracted by the swords and stuff that I completely forgot to mention that it's, um, it's release day for Dune 2. So yeah, go forth and see it. It looks fantastic. So today we talked about Don Henley in court and his past transgressions. We have a bad bandmate drugging his um, competition. A massive fail involving Willy Wonka, jelly beans, lemonade, meth labs, and sexy Oompa Loompas. TikTok is losing some music rights, and we said goodbye to the funny Richard Lewis. Oh, and self-reporting drunk drivers, disability fraud, and swords. Yay! Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I do want to remind you, I include the links to all of my sources in the comments so you can see what I see and more. Also, don't forget to drop us a comment or send us an email if there's a story you want us to cover. Join us next time as we check out the latest in entertainment news. Remember, stay comfy in the starter zone. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun. Listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.